It's been a good past couple weeks. We've been in a series called I Have Decided, and y'all have been deciding. It's been cool. It's been fun seeing the responses over the past several weeks. Uh, Week one was all about I have decided to follow Jesus. We saw uh, 11 people make that decision and say I have decided to follow Jesus, so it's awesome. We had many more after that say we didn't get a chance to, but we are making that decision, and so we're going to see more of that to come. So that's awesome, so cool to, to hear about those decisions and celebrate those decisions. Uh, last week, Stephen uh, issued the challenge and said, uh, I have decided to play my part. And so after that, we saw you guys responding too, saying, hey, we're jumping in. Where do you want us to, to get involved this year? We want to be uh, more than just on the sidelines, more than just spectators. Uh, we want to play our part. And so it was awesome to see that response. Some of you guys were like so ready to go that like you, this was your first week. We had a guy that was like, uh, came in today to learn tech, and we just went ahead and started using them. We're like, let's go ahead and make it happen. And so uh, many of you guys have decided to play your part and say, put us in, which is so cool. The, the response has been so, so strong over the past couple weeks. And so I thought, I'm going to change my message today, Title II. I've decided to buy Josh a new truck because why not? It's worth a try, right? No, not really. It's not going to happen. Uh, well, hey, I want to give you guys a couple ways to respond uh, today to, to make some of these decisions. Um, the first is if you're brand new, we want you, and you're making a decision to connect here, um, we want you to fill out our Connect card, and we can get your information that way. So real easy, just right on your phone. It does have to be capital C, just like it looks. Text CONNECT to 513-318-3744. That's our access number, although don't call us on that. It's just a text number. Um, text SERVE if you're ready to be like, I want to get involved. I want to see what the opportunities are. Uh, that will notify the specific area, okay, here's the thing that, um, that somebody wants to get involved in. And so encourage you to take that step. Um, after we talk today, the actual uh, topic today is I've decided to go deeper. And so uh, we'll have a response for you guys this week uh, to respond right away as you're making those decisions to go deeper uh, too. So uh, I'm just going to go and throw it out there. Fall has the best flavors. Fall has the very best flavors, the best food. Where are my fall flavor people, fall food people? All right. Um, so I'm not debating. I'm just telling you guys that, that fall has the best flavors, even if you disagree. I mean, I like all flavors. I like, you know, what summer has to offer and been grilling out a lot, but I just look forward to the fall time. So to give you just an opportunity here, maybe to a couple people around you to say, this is the best fall flavor, right? This is for my own research. It's important. Uh, I'm going to make mental notes of these things to make sure that I enjoy all of these things in the season of fall. So just go ahead and share with somebody around you, best fall flavor. Ready, set, go. All right, I'm hearing some good stuff. It, if I could get you guys going, like really talking, I'll just throw some food questions out there. Like, oh, and have you tried the, yeah, that's really, really good. So what are some of them? Just kind of shout them out. I heard pumpkin seeds. I like pumpkin seeds. What else? I like all things pumpkin. Where are the pumpkin people out, out there? Yeah, pumpkin everything. Like they've turned, like they've infused pumpkin in just about every single thing there is to infuse pumpkin into. What else besides pumpkin? What, what else we got out there? Shout them out. Apple cider, right? The apple products, right? What, what was it? Stuffing. Oh, she's already like, she's gearing up for things. Why wait till Thanksgiving when you can just, it's fall time. Like, let's go, 
ahead and hit up some stuffing. Somebody said bean soup. I like, I, okay, like, I've never, never had bean soup earlier. They said that first hour. So I was like, well, I guess make me some. I'd like to try that. Um, but I'm all about the flavors of fall. Um, and yeah, you guys are right, pumpkin everything. One of them that I didn't hear that I heard first hour, and, uh, and maybe you said it, I just didn't hear it, but apple cider donuts. Anybody had the apple cider? All right, right here. Irons Fruit Farm, which unfortunately is less than a mile from my house, has these apple cider donuts and there's cinnamon sugar and there's not a lot of probably actual apples in them, but they're delicious. And you eat one and you're like, well, I, somehow I thought I was eating one, but now I had six. Like, I, I don't know what happened. Um, but I love these apple cider donuts. Have to, you have to give it a try uh, and you're welcome in advance. Uh, but hopefully I've made you a little bit hungry this morning. Um, you guys have made me hungry. I'm taking notes on, on all that you described. Um, but that's really kind of where we're heading today is this idea of hunger, creating this appetite. And King David, he writes about the thing that he craves the most. And he says this in Psalm 63:1. He says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. And so you can just sense this thirst that David has for the Lord, this hunger that he has for the Lord. And as we're talking about the topic today of going deeper, my prayer for you and my invitation and my challenge is, what would it look like if that really was our prayer? What would it look like if as individuals we had this growing appetite, this growing hunger for the Lord in that kind of a way where, man, just like, just like I, I want a drink of water, that's how bad I need my soul thirst for the Lord. What would happen if that kind of appetite continued to grow around here? And we certainly see it happening, but the, the question is, what if we continued to go further and further in this? What if we went deeper? If you and I decided to go deeper together, to ask God to create that kind of hunger within us and within this community, that we would seek him in every way, that this space would be an environment that is just so soaked in the presence of God but you can't, that you can't help but just encounter him when you come, uh, that we would be a people who chase hard after the heart of Jesus. And I feel like that's a sentiment that is disappearing in some ways. And A.W. Tozer said, said it this way he said the world is perishing for lack of the knowledge of God which is bad enough but then he says and the church is famishing for want of his presence the instant cure of most of our religious ills would be to enter the presence in spiritual experience to become suddenly aware that we are in God and that God is in us the answer, friends, is a greater hunger. And I believe this is what Jesus meant when the crowds were coming around him to see another miracle. And he said, listen, no, you, you've come because you want to see uh, me, me continue to multiply bread. But what you really are after, the thing that you're really hungry for, you just don't know it, is me. And he says, I'm the bread of life. I, I am the one. I am what your soul is so hungry for. And so if you're hungry today, let me just encourage you. The thing that you might, you might not think it, but the thing that you really are craving is Jesus. And uh, th there's this craving inside of us that only Jesus can satisfy. Augustine wrote it this way. He said, thou hast formed us for thyself, and our hearts are restless until we find our rest in thee. So are you hungry today? Let me encourage you to continue to ask God give, to give you a stronger craving for him. If we want to go deeper, it begins with the growing hunger. 
If there was anyone who really hungered after God in the scriptures, in fact, we see it uh, by a simple description of who he was, and that was the King David. And, and as a young boy, we, we read uh, this little line that's just so key, and it was that, that he was a man after God's own heart. And I feel like that would be a great description for any one of us. If there was a label to be, be thrown on any one of us, wouldn't you like that label that you are a man or a woman after God's own heart, that your desire is for God above all else? And we see this in David. He had this love and this hunger for God that was undeniable. And one of the ways that we witness it is that we got access to his prayer journal and his psalms, right? We get all these different segments of, of his private moments, and some of them are public songs that, that he would sing. But we just it's so cool just to see what came from the hand of David as he went through real-life experiences. And it's not all nice and clean and tidy, right? It's real, it's raw, it's honest. And so I feel like there's a lot to learn as we crack open this prayer book. And I feel like there's a lot of observations that we can make as a people who really do want to go deeper. And so I'm going to make some of those observations today through the Psalms and through some of David's prayers. And so the first observation I'd like to make is this. Those who crave God spot him more readily. Those who crave God, those that truly hunger for God, they spot him more readily. It's amazing what you don't see when you're not looking for it, right? And it's amazing what you actually don't see if you're not looking. And uh, so this past uh, yesterday, yesterday um, I went down to see Hannah run at a race uh, down at NKU. And uh, she, she's running cross-country for CCU and invited some of us to go down. So I'm like, cool. So I load up the boys in the van. And we're driving down. And now I've taken this drive a bunch of times. I know exactly where NKU is. And uh, just, it's just a matter of taking the journey and getting there. And we're like, we're going to be right on time. This is perfect. And uh, so I'm driving along, and all of a sudden I get a phone call, and I'm on the phone, and when I get off of the phone, I realize that while I was talking on the phone, I blew right past the 471 interchange on 71. Like, I just was like, oh man, where is it? And then all of a sudden, it's just like a trap. Like, once you pass that, there's no turning. You're like in Cincinnati, and there's like, I got nowhere to go, you know, like I, I unless I want to be like all over the place. And so I drove all the way down over the bridge into Covington, Kentucky. I turned back around because that's still the fastest way. Turn all the way back around. I'm driving back up, heading back north on 71. And I kid you not, I passed the interchange again on 471. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, there's no way. Like, now I'm getting a little bit frustrated. And I was like, Dad, where are we going? Where are we at? I was like, just be quiet, you know, like we're. We'll get there, and so we're driving, and now I'm up, like, uh, you know how it is, like, in the city, it's, like, hard to find places to turn around, so I get up, like, six more miles from that, I turn around again, and now I'm heading back, and you'll never believe it, no, I didn't miss it again, I promise, like, I finally figured it out, I'm like, okay, and the sign was there the whole time, like, nobody had moved, the f I thought maybe they took the sign down, I don't know, but it was still there, plain as day, 471, but it's amazing what you don't see when you aren't looking for it. And what David is saying in the Psalms, and we're about to read here in Psalm 19, is that the Lord is near. We just have to make a habit of looking, right? We just have to be in the habit of looking and seeking after God. If we're not in that habit, it's amazing what you won't see if you're not looking for it. In Psalm 19, 1 through 6, David says it's amazing what you see if you actually look and pay attention to the work of God. He says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. 
yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the end of the world. David's message is simple here. He's just saying, listen, look up, look down, look all around. The Lord is near. And it's amazing, isn't it, if you start paying attention, the things that you see God doing, the ways that you see God moving. It's amazing when you start looking and start seeing, seeking just what you actually end up seeing. And I know, I know there's times where I understand that there's times when you're seeking God and you're like, no, I just don't feel like I'm seeing anything or I'm not encountering him or I just can't feel him. But my, my message to you would be stay the course. Jeremiah tells us, you will seek me, he tell, he, he, God reveals to Jeremiah, you will seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And so stay in it, right? Throw your whole heart into seeking God. And here's the thing that, that really, if you get one thing today, here's what I want you to hear. And it's something that God revealed to me on one of the times that I was out just running and preparing uh, a message for Project 215. He just whispered this to me, he said, the more we seek, the more we see. The more we seek, the more we see. And isn't that true? The harder we seek after God, the more we truly see. And it's weird. The more I pay attention to God, the closer I look, the more I see God at work. It's just happening. And, and the truth is, I don't know if you've noticed, but God has been doing some stuff around here. Anybody else notice that? I mean, God has been at work. The spiritual temperature has been rising. We've seen, as we've been seeking the heart of God, we've been seeing God show up. We've been seeing it at Project 215 and, and just seeing God transform and change lives there. We've been seeing a growing interest for people to want to be involved. And we've seen that across the board. We've seen commitments of people, people making commitments to Jesus. I've personally seen, as I've just prayed for specific people in my life, that all of a sudden those people are just open to talking about God and they never have before, right? These are the kinds of things that we see when we begin to seek God see a growing curiosity around you and all of a sudden you just have all these opportunities that are showing up. We see God showing up in difficult times as we're trudging through the difficult times and we see him walking with us if we would just take the time to seek him. We've seen it happen around here and new people showing up each week. Every week I'm filling out connect cards with people out here and getting to say hey welcome to Axis Church. The more that we seek God the more that we see and I know you've been sensing it and seeing it too. A couple weeks ago, we had a retreat. It's called our Generations Retreat. It started out with uh, a group of student leaders that we would take on this trip every year to get amped up for the year and just give us the opportunity to do some leadership development. And this, it's continued to extend out. It was four people to now this year. Uh, we had like 15 or 16 people there. And um, it's, it's, these are all people that are going to be leaders in different ways from core groups to community groups to, to buying into the vision of transforming the next generation. And so we get the opportunity to pour into them. And one of my favorite moments of the retreat is at the end when we say, hey, what are you anticipating? What are you praying for? And then we come around each other in prayer and pray for each person individually. And uh, we do this every year. And this past week, uh, year, this, just a, a couple weeks ago, um, we, we were down there, and we recap some of what God has been doing. It's just fun to, sometimes you're always looking forward. You don't look back and be like, wow, look at how far we've come, or look at all that God has done. And so we just were celebrating things that God had done. And one of the things that, uh, that Jess Doak celebrated was, she's like, a year ago today, I was in a much different place. 
And she said, I was dealing with a, a lot of just anxiety and stress about my job. She was working up in Columbus and traveling, commuting down. She didn't feel like, one of the things she said is, like, I just didn't feel like I had a lot of, like, clarity from the Lord on things. And so, um, and she's like, specifically, I just not sleeping good. I don't, there's not a lot of peace in my life right now. And she shared this last year. And, um, it's funny because about halfway through the year, we're just kind of messing around like on our little fitness trackers. Like those of you that have Fitbits, you know, you can like record like your sleep patterns. And I love this because it's hard sometimes to track what God is doing, but this is a trackable moment. So we actually, we looked back at her fitness tracker and she's like, wow, like there's a really like key like peak, like right about here where I started really being less restless. Like I was awake less in, in the night. I was less restless. I was sleeping longer hours. And we're like, that's weird. Like what was that date? It was the date that we had circled around her and, and prayed for her that day. Like that was the turning point for her. And so I say that to say the more that we seek, the more that we see things like this, right? I mean, and you know it. I've had these conversations with people where they just come to me and be like, I don't know how it happened, but... Or I don't know how we got here, but, right, these God moments where you're like, I, I just sought after the heart of God, and this is the result, right? The more that we seek, the more that we see, the more we see God working within us, the more we see God moving among us, the more we see God revealing himself to us. And so those who crave the Lord, they continue to see this growing pattern in their life where they seek more, they see more, and then they want to seek harder after God's heart. The more that we seek, the more that we see. And so those who crave God, they spot him more readily. Those who crave God also approach him more reverently. This is David's question that he poses in one of his psalms, Psalm 24, 3 through 6. He says, Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god, they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. And then I love this last line. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. There's just such a reverent tone in that, right? And I think that it's also important that when we seek God, we have this sense of reverence and awe and wonder about the way that we approach God. Like, who can climb that mountain? Who can step into the presence of God? I uh, worked a summer out in Arizona, and it was just a fun summer. Like, I worked at this, like, summer camp, Christian camp, and uh, we had some great experiences out there. And one of the things we got to do is we'd get all this free time in Arizona, which is beautiful, by the way, um, to just go on adventures, which is good and bad when you just send a bunch of college students. All right, you got some free time to, like, go on adventures. And so one of the adventures that we went on is we went to the canyon, of course. You got to go to the Grand Canyon when you're down there. Now, one of us... I think it was probably me, I had the bright idea when we were at the canyon to, we got up to the canyon, and you know, you just like, you're so curious, you're like, this thing is huge, like, this is massive, you know, and you get closer and closer, and then you're kind of like, how close could you get, you know, which, I don't, I'm not saying I recommend this, but you're getting closer and closer, and then I saw this little, like, peninsula, it was probably about as, I'd apologize to my mom, I don't know if she had heard this story earlier in the first hour, but um, there's like, it's probably about less than like this stage piece right here you know and on every side of it there's just like sheer cliff and it's not like a smooth like you know like platform like it's jagged rocks you know and so I for some reason thought it would be a good idea this was before selfies by the way but we're like how cool would it be if you could get out to the end of that peninsula and so just like throw your arms out and like somebody's like take a picture of you and so we have and I, I couldn't find it but I have pictures of us like standing out there and sitting and um 
all of us did it. And then we get back to the camp, and they're like, all right, whose idea was it? And I'm like, I don't, you, know, it was the, you know, I don't know. I don't know whose idea it was. They're like, you have no idea. Like, you got to respect the canyon, bro. Like, that, that's, that's no joke being out there. You know how many people die, like, falling into the Grand Canyon? And I'm like, I'm sure you're about to tell me, like, a lot, you know, and I'm glad I wasn't one of those statistics. And so that was their message to me is, like, you could have died. Like, you had zero respect for the canyon. And in David's day, you could and probably would be reduced to ashes if you were careless in God's presence, right? If you were tiptoeing into God's presence carelessly, I mean, we read the stories of the Old Testament where somebody mishandles um, the ark or, you know, does something wrong in the presence of God. It's just like, okay, it's nice knowing you, you know. And I think we forget about these stories, but we've got to approach God with the same level of respect. We see with the high priest that they would send these guys out into the holiest of holy places, but they would tie a rope around their waist and bells on them just in case they're like, listen, they're like, is that bell still jingling? Okay, it's not. Like, okay, then we got to pull them out of there, you know, because, like, this was what, this, this was the mountain of the Lord. This was the presence of God. And while I say all of that, um, I, I don't think that we should approach God carelessly, but what we can enter God's presence confidently because of Christ's sacrifice, right? This is what we're told in Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. It says, therefore, since we have a great high priest, since Jesus represents us, since he speaks on our behalf, we have this great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to emphasize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us approach God's throne of grace then with confidence so that we might receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And so we should never approach God carelessly, but we get this opportunity because of Jesus to approach God confidently. And so those who crave after God, they just have this growing appreciation and respect for the King of glory. Those who crave God also enjoy him more openly. I got a question for you. What if our primary agenda wasn't just to get something from God every time we we talk to him or spend time with him? I think we're all guilty of this, right? Where we're like, I haven't spent time with the Lord in a while, but now all of a sudden, like, some things are sort of going off. And so I need to talk to him about those things. Or I need, to, I need him to accomplish this for me, right? And so often we come to God with this pre-established agenda to say, I need this, 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 and this, okay? And God wants us to come to him. He wants us to ask. I'm not saying that. What I am saying, if, if that was your primary conversation with every other relationship in your life, it probably wouldn't go so good, right? Okay, I need this, this, or this. Good, talk to you later. Um, it wouldn't work, right? And so what if our primary agenda shifted to just being with God? This past uh, week we went out and uh, Jess, we, we give Jess every now and again some more sort of like sanity time so she can sort of like re-energize like, you know, and, and refresh after being with boys nonstop that are trying to burn the house down. And uh, so give her some time. And uh, we went out on a Wednesday a couple weeks ago. And I'm like, let's, let's just hang out. Let's do some boy time. Let's do some. You guys are clearly just want to, like, just have some fun and play and enjoy. And uh, so we were going to go to the park and throw rocks in the creek. And then I, like, sort of just thought, like, well, let's get some dinner, you know. Like, let's. So I pulled into a parking spot at Wendy's. And, uh, like, we're at Wendy's. And Aiden goes, are we going to go in the restaurant? I'm like, 
boy, we're going in. Like, it's a good day. Like, it's a good day. Like, let's go. Because we normally don't go in restaurants because, you know, some of you that have small kids, it's like, I'm just going to be cleaning up the whole restaurant. Like, uh, you know, it's going to be a disaster. We're going to annoy everybody around us. But I'm like, how bad could it be in Wendy's? You know, like, so we go in. And even better, they had $1.99 kids meals. And so we had, like, a small little feast for these little guys, Frosties included, all for $4. I'm like, high fives all around, boys. Like, eat up. You know, eat your fill. And they were so excited the whole time. You would have thought that I took them to, like, Carlo and Johnny's and bought them a steak. They're like, Aiden was like, Dad, thanks so much. This is awesome. Like, this, guy, this is so great. We're having a great time. Eli, aren't we having a great time, buddy? This is fun, Dad. This is so, and it was just such a great I was having, oh, we were, we were having a great time. Our table, our little booth was a disaster by the time we left. You know, ketchup everywhere, everything. And, you know, we cleaned it all up. And then we took off. But, um, and then we went and threw rocks in the creek. It was just a great night. But I just love these moments, especially when I'm just enjoying spending time with them. They're just enjoying spending time with me. And my question is, what if that was really the primary agenda when we stepped into the presence of God? Now, that doesn't mean that my kids don't ask me for things, right? But if all they did was ask me for things, it wouldn't really be a relationship. It would just be like an exchange, right? And so what would it look like if we enjoyed God more openly? And those who truly crave God and hunger for God, they learn this habit of just enjoying him, enjoying being in his presence, enjoying being with him, not just receiving from him. In Psalm 34, 8 through 10, here's what David says. He says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Don't you love that line? I mean, just taste and see how good the Lord, it's like, man, this is awesome. Taste and see that the Lord is good. We get to go in the restaurant. Are you serious? Like, we get to spend, we get to spend time together. We're going in. That's awesome. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him lack no, no good thing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. And so, Man, if, if that would be our primary objective is just to be with God, we would have all that other stuff too, right? It'd be his honor to buy us a frosty. To, he, he could go even better than that, right? But it would be God's honor to continue to bless us, and he does. But the thing that we're most blessed by is just being with him. And so the question for you specifically, when's the last time you've done that? You've just delighted in a moment with the Father. You've just sat down in his presence in a quiet moment. Or when's the last time you've just looked around and something cool has happened? Like, God, that is awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Right? Continuing to create uh, this heart and life of gratitude for all that God does. The truth is, this is somewhere I can often feel convicted because I read the Bible a lot, right? I mean, this is like what I do, like every day, um, and I'm always preparing. But the truth is, you can still pick up the Bible and start just going through the motions and start just performing a task or writing a message or whatever it might be. Um, And so you can be guilty of that, and we all can. For those of us that have been on the journey a long time and been with the Lord, we've got to be careful to keep things fresh and continue to um, just take delight in Him. And this might not be a surprise to you, but I can also be guilty of just being plain antsy sometimes, right? And so when I'm antsy and when i got a million things on my mind, it's hard to just, just sit and rest and enjoy the moments that I have with God. And so this is a challenge just as much for me. One of the places I've loved where this has continued to happen is, is back here at Project 215. And um, one of the things I love about worship back there is it's, it's just like people, it's just them and God. Like, we're not, like, looking around to say, like, who else is here? And what are they, you know, it's just these moments where I've been able to just 
just enjoy the presence of God. And we have these opportunities on Sunday mornings to continue to do the same thing. And I think we should be a group of people that are just, we're having fun. You guys were clapping earlier, right? Like, we should be doing that, right? We should be clapping. Now, I will say, I, I have trouble clapping and singing at the same time. And, like, either one goes or the other. Like, it's like, okay, now I lost the beat of the clap. You know, I'm going to try to sing for a little bit. Okay, I'm out of pitch, you know. But it doesn't matter, right? It's just del- the people of God delighting in him. And so, man, this should be an opportunity to celebrate every time we come together here. But it doesn't end here. It's just like, let's get amped up for the week, you know, because worship was always the first day of the week, even though it's sort of, see this as your first day of the week, to have a Sabbath, to get re-energized, and to say, I'm just delighting in the Lord. But, man, what a great week you could have if you started off in that way. And then you woke up Monday morning saying, God, thank you for today. You woke up Tuesday morning, thank you for today. And you continue to embrace and enjoy God in the daily moments of life. John Piper says that God is most delighted in us when we are most satisfied in him. I find that to be true, that the moments that I'm connecting with him the most are when I'm just satisfied in him, right? That I'm just enjoying his presence. And I love David because he more than just wrote about his delight in God. You could see it, right? You could see it in his actions. You could see it in the things that he does. There's one story in particular that you may recall where uh, the ark, and I'm giving you the very abbreviated version, but the presence of God, the ark, which symbolized the presence of God, had gone out of the city and was now, after a long period of time, coming back into the city. And what does David do? He doesn't look around and be like, hey, I'm going to, you know, kind of worship with my hands in my pockets like the ark, the ark is back. Like, you know, throw up kind of like a sort of a hand, you know, like sort of tentatively. Like, is anybody? He didn't do that, no. In fact, he, he got undignified. He got crazy. He danced, right, and, and among the people. And he just openly worshiped God and danced. And, and some people looked at him and thought, that's a shameful thing for the king to do, right, to be dancing out in his robe among the people. And somebody tries to check the king on it, and I love his response. David says, listen, I'll become even more undignified than this, right? I don't have to answer to you. I'm here to delight in the presence of God. And so not only am I not going to listen to that, and I'm going to be even more undignified. Why? I'm going to be more undignified than this because I'm going to be humiliated in my own eyes. Why? Because I love the Lord so much. I'm so glad to just be in his presence that I can't contain it. What would it look like if this was the way we lived our lives too, where it wasn't so much about what other people think, but it was just about us enjoying all that we have in the Lord and in his presence. So those who crave God enjoy him more openly. Those who crave God also pursue him more intentionally. Here's David's prayer in Psalm 86, 11 through 12. He says this, teach me your way, Lord. Teach me your way. I want to know you more. That I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. And so David's request is just this. God, I want more of you. Just pour more of yourself into me. I want more of you. I want more of your presence. I want to praise you. I want to glorify you. And what an incredible prayer. But here's the thing. Pursuing God isn't something that's just going to happen automatically. We've talked about this before. It takes intentionality. It's a craving that has to be cultivated in us. You're not just going to wake up 10 days from now. David didn't wake up one morning and he was just all of a sudden like burning red hot for the Lord, right? He had his ebbs and flows. He lived a real life just like us. He made mistakes. But here's one thing he did. He did. 
He walked with God. He talked with God. He sought him with an undivided, unwavering heart. And I think we'd be wise to pray that same prayer. God, give us an undivided heart. We want you to be our our foremost priority, God. And we want to continue to cultivate this craving in us. And so um, we had a CrossFit party here uh, like a week ago, I guess now, and um, Stephen was was doing the grilling, and I was at home, and I was at home on what I would call a real grill, which is like this big like smoker. The truth is, like I'm kind of a snob now when it comes to grilling, and so I've told some of you this before. You've heard me talk about it. I don't use the propane thing like ever anymore, and um, I first hour I said I use the line like I love smoking stuff. Like, that was the line. It seems like, did you just say you love smoking stuff, like, on stage? And I'm like, well, if you actually have a smoker, you understand. But he's like, he's giving me a hard time about that. But I love just, like, slow cooking, right? You can't beat it. And so I threw some wings on for the CrossFit party, and uh, we were slow smoking them throughout the day. And so I was like, hey, Stephen, just, I won't be able to be there in time. Can you start the grill? Now, I think he's become a little too, like, soft and accustomed to his propane grill. Where you just, like, turn the little knob, you hit the switch, flames, and we're on, right? And you can control the temperature right there. Because he texts me, and he goes, hey, how do you start this thing? I'm like, what? Like, how do you start, like, a char- like just light the fire, you know? Like, you gotta, and he really meant, though, like, there was this little chimney that you got to, like, put the. So he's like, how do I do all this? Like, I don't know how to. And so <laughs> I didn't even answer him because I, I didn't get the text. I was busy, and I got it later. And then I get there, and he sort of got the thing going now. And, like, okay, there's. But he's just, like, it's, like, all, like, the, the um, lighter fluid, like, everywhere. Like, you know, and it's, like, and then all of a sudden, like, it's burning, like, real, like, hot and high. And then all of a sudden, it's, like, the chart that's, like, dying. Like, what What did you do? He's like, he, I was like, he's like, I don't know. It's, we're not cooking anything over here. And I look at the coals, and they're all, like, that shivery gray color. Like, they're like, we're done heating up. I'm like, what would you? So I go, and I look, and the vent on the bottom is completely closed. Now, if you are, you do the real grilling style, you know what this means. There's no air getting to the coals. And so I just popped open this vent, and it was like, boom, like the coals, like, reignited. And it was like, just this very rewarding. I was like, that's all you got to do is just add air. Like, that's, that's how you turn up the temperature on an old-fashioned grill is if you didn't know, like, it's a secret. You just add air, okay? So the more air, the higher the temperature, and that's how I got two little, like, vents on my grill at home, too, and you just, okay, I don't need to turn the temperature up, okay? There's no little knob. You just you add air to the, and it's really, really a cool thing. The more air you let in, the hotter it burns, And this was Paul's message to young Timothy. He says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, then, I remind you, fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Timothy, listen. I know you have this faith, and I know at times it's been burning red hot, but if you want to keep this fire going, you're going to have to continue to fan the flame. And some of you know you've been through these seasons, and at times, like, you feel like that fire is just kind of burning out, right? And you're sort of, it's sort of like burning out, and you're like, what? We've got to continue to fan the flame. We've got to continue to cultivate this relationship with God. If we want that fire burning hot, we've got to let air in. We've got to work the fire. And the truth is, so many good things are happening around here right now. And it's, it, you love these moments where you're like, it's just, you're just trying to keep up with what God is doing. Um, but if we want to keep that fire going, if we want to continue to let that fire spread, it must be all of our 
jobs to continue to fan the flame inside of our lives and fan the flame in this church. It takes intentionality. So stoke the fire, fan the flame. Because the more we seek, I believe it, the more we will see. The more God will continue just to show up in ways that we never could have expected and never could have dreamed up. The God who does immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. And so I just want to leave you with three simple challenges. Each week we've had a specific response. And so if you're like, I want to grow deeper, I want that. Maybe you're in a place where you feel like that fire is dying out a little bit more, and you're like, I, it's just time. It's time for me to get a new spark going. It's time uh, to turn up the heat and see the temperature rise in my own relationship with God. And so and some of you, maybe for the first time, you're like, just what's the next step? Like, I'm in. Like, I, I want to continue to experience Jesus more deeply as you've described and have that kind of relationship with God. I want to give you three things. The first thing is this. Seek early and often. Seek God early and seek God often. I went on a tour of, um, like, over the Rhine area. It was this, like, underground tour of a lot of historical buildings. I'm big on history. And one of the buildings um, was an old uh, parish that had been there for a long time uh, where these Franciscan friars used to carry out ministry, and they would serve the poor there and over the Rhine. Um, But when I was going through uh, the church, there was one thing that really caught my eye, and it was these these seats that were uh, that were there. There was like these chairs. I think I have a picture of it. Uh, maybe not. Well, if not, I'll describe it to you. So there was like these chairs. There's like these wooden chairs. And like on the outsides, like I was just like keyed in on this. Okay, there they are. So they would sit and you're wondering like, okay, what, these look weird. Like why do the chairs look like that? And I, I asked that question. I'm like, so what's up with like these chairs? And they said, well, one of the things that they said about Franciscans is that God gets up early, but Franciscans get up even earlier, which it was, is untrue. You know, God's always, like, watching us all that. So just so you know, this, I'm not, but it was cool to me to just see that, like, and to think about that phrase that, okay. And so what these, these seats were was they would come early in the morning before the sun was up, before there was electricity. And so they would have to have these stands where these candles would then sit so they could devote themselves first thing in the morning to the word of God and to prayer. And I just love this picture of priority, right? And I think that, and maybe morning time isn't, or is it the best for you? I'm not necessarily saying get up at five. What I'm saying is, is it the priority? Does it take precedent in your life? Set the priority. Make that the thing that you do uh, most importantly. Seek early and seek often. It takes consistency, right? If you just leave the fire alone for a while, eventually it's going to go out. And you always wonder, you're like, man, I just don't feel as close to God anymore. Well, have you been seeking early and have you been seeking Often, and usually the case for me, if I'm starting to find myself being a little bit more irritable or short or a little bit more difficulty in certain areas or um, whatever that might be, I, I look back and I'm like, you know what? I haven't been fanning the flame. You know, I've been letting that go out. And so these things are falling off as well. And so seek early, seek often. The other thing is this, and this is, and, and so the first one, I would just recommend to you find, find a time and find a place. Find a time, find a place, make that your spot, right? Where you're like, I got it. And it probably isn't a place where you're going to be like fielding questions or have a bunch going on. You know, you might have to in some situations, right? Uh, But I would say find a time, find a place that works for you. Um, The second thing I would say is seek alongside others. 
seek alongside others. So to stick with the coal analogy, right, how often you just light one, they don't make like just a big piece of charcoal, right, that you just put in there and you light the one charcoal. Why? Because the cool thing about charcoal is when you get multiple pieces of charcoal uh, firing up, they feed on each other, right? They fuel one another. And we believe that same thing is true about community around here. And so we challenge people like, don't try to live the Christian life alone. It doesn't work, right? You can do it maybe for a period of time, but there's no way you're gonna, it's going to last. And the other thing is, there's no way you're going to be able to burn as hot as you could if you have other people uh, that are uh, continuing to uh, stoke the flame around you as well and burn hot around you. And so we need this opportunity to be able to feed off of and fuel one another. We were made for community. And so you're going to get an opportunity this week via the app to, um, out of, and I think, six community groups we have right now, um, where you'll get an opportunity just to sign up for one of those six community groups. The community group leaders are going to be charged with just connecting with people around to say, hey, join up with us. Be part of our community. You go do life with us. Um, and some of you might just seek those out. So it's kind of a two-way street. Um, but I encourage you to take advantage of those opportunities to get in a community group context. We also do core groups and discipleship where we're going we're gonna to continue to release leaders to um, to walk with people and to do life with people and even smaller groups of like four and five. And so these are the kind of opportunities that are out there. And so my challenge is don't try to do it alone. And that's our plan. If you got another plan, you got some guys at work or a guys group that you've been doing for, you know, since the beginning of whenever, like stick with that. Like if it's working for you and it's, it's strengthening you, great. Um, but there's great opportunities here and great leaders uh, that would want to invite you into what's happening. And so that's a big action step coming out of this week. And so look for those opportunities. The last thing I would say is seek in your own unique way. It's not going to be the same for all of us. Some of us, we connect with God, and we just like to get out in nature and, and do that kind of thing. Other people, you get out in nature, and you're just, like, swatting bugs the whole time, and you can't get past that. You know, so you're like, I need, like, a nice cozy corner and some coffee, and, like, that's my jam right there. Um, for me, like, it's unique, but, like, I really connect with God when I'm, like, moving, like, which, surprise, surprise, right? Like, I can't sit still. So I'm like, God, go on a walk with me. Like, I will walk on the trail or walk around the path or I'll go for a run, and God and I will have conversations in these moments, right? And so you have to find what works for you. Another thing I would recommend is journaling, right? Journaling, writing down the things that God's doing and, 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 and what he's teaching you through his word. Here's two things there's no replacement for though make sure that it includes scripture and make sure that it includes prayer right even if you're jamming out to worship music in the car and that's one of the ways you feel connected to god and worshiping in here make sure that you're continuing to feed yourself via scripture and conversation with god and so that's the challenge friends is that we would continue to be a people who seek hard after the heart of god that we would go deeper together and so let's keep seeking because I believe that there's just no telling what we will see next. Let's pray. God, we just want to thank you. We thank you, God, just that you are a relational God, that you've given us access to you, God, that we're unworthy. We're unworthy to really step into your presence. What an incredible opportunity that we often take for granted, God. And so I just pray. I pray, God, that you would continue to raise the temperature in us, God, and that you would continue to raise the spiritual temperature in this place. That we would be a people who hunger after you, God. 
that we would make our main job just to seek you, God, and to live out your way for our life, God, and that we would help other people to seek you, God. We believe that as we do that, God, that we'll just see some incredible things. We'll see you reveal yourself to us, God. We'll see you move among us and within us. And so, God, we just invite you to do that. We pray, God, that you would take hold of us, take hold of our lives. And, God, and just like David prayed, God, that our soul would thirst for you. Our life would hunger for you. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.